Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. I'm David Partain, and I'm joined with my co-host, Laura Gregg. Hello, Laura. Hello, David. We have got another great show planned for today. Very good. Very excited about today's guests. <laughs> On the Flexible Advisor, we seek to invite guests that will provide unique insights and actual ideas for advisors that want to fine-tune or grow their businesses while deepening client relationships. And today we'll be certainly focused on that as we'll be talking about how to better manage client relationships, especially when those clients are in the midst of transition. We have two guests today, Susan Bradley and Ross Marino, who recently published a book titled Shaping Change, How to Respond When Life Disrupts Your Retirement Plan. We are very excited to have them on the podcast today, and I'd like to get you just as excited by reading an excerpt from the back cover of their book. And it says, and I quote, there is no such thing as a purely financial decision. The human element must be considered. Financial visionaries Ross Marino and Susan Bradley unravel the retirement planning puzzle in a unique voice that empowers readers with the necessary skills to emerge as happier, more secure individuals. Shaping Change employs an easy to understand approach to help navigate life transitions. The modern day parable follows a group of related characters who are making plans to retire, then life happens and plans change, emphasizing how the planning process is valuable, but life rarely goes according to plan. The story ends with 10 transition takeaways and protocols for making better decisions. Don't we all need it and know it. Susan and Ross, congratulations first on the book. We are so looking forward to speaking with you today about the human elements of financial planning and welcome to the Flexible Advisor. So as I mentioned, I'm excited to talk about the book, but I'd love to start with getting to learn a little bit more about both of you. And I'm going to start with you, Ross. I've heard you're a serial entrepreneur and beyond being an author and financial planner, you also run an advisor-focused event company. And if that were not enough, I understand that you are the host of not one, but two podcasts. It would be great to hear about all the things you're working on. Well, thank you. It, it's proof once again that there is no medication for entrepreneurial ADD. <laughs> so we are alive and kicking, but it also shows that I have a great team and people that love new projects and love to do things that impact advisors. And what we're really working on right now, it's, it's twofold on the side where we're trying to help financial advisors help their clients. One aspect is for advisors who work with retirement plans, and the other is for advisors who give personal financial advice. On the retirement plan side, it's integrating financial wellness into the 401k world. That's a trend that's out there, and it really has an opportunity for so many participants of retirement plans to receive financial planning help. Love that we're a part of that. And we have a conference that's focused on that. And then on the personal side, it's really helping people understand, and these are financial planners, that life happens and plans change. And when that happens, the financial plan that we created 
probably doesn't have a ton of value, if any value at all, and learning how to adapt to what life throws you and help our clients make decisions along the way is also something we're focused on. And we have a conference dedicated to that as well called the Retirement and Longevity Summit. Wow. So I'm just kind of going to take a nap after hearing everything that you do. You certainly are busy. Okay. So Susan, I'd love it if you'd tell us about your background in the industry. And I'm a little afraid to ask, but what is keeping you busy? <laughs> uh, thank you for asking. <laughs> Been in the industry since the early 80s. So I grew up with financial planning while we were figuring it out as a profession. And by the mid 90s, I thought that I was doing just fine. I was really well connected on the national scene because I had a thirst for knowing more and understanding more. So I was participating in lots of different things nationally. And I had a practice in uh, Florida. Um, I thought I was well trained and I ran into a situation where I had no training. I had no protocol. I had no one I could turn to. I searched it out through my academic and professional connections. And I realized I was never trained to work with people who were going through a massive financial change, not necessarily um, an, an up change. It could be a down change, or it could be no money change, no numbers change, but maybe responsibility changes. And I realized there was a giant gap. At first, I thought it was just for people with legal settlements. And then as I was paying more attention to my clients, I realized that my widows, my divorce, my inheritors, my business owners were all having this, this struggle. I didn't really know what the name of it was, but I knew that I had no process. My regular financial planning didn't work the same way. These people were different. Even the ones I had known for 10 years were different when these events were happening. That caused me to end up writing the Sudden Money book. I wrote it because I really wanted to read it and nobody else was going to write it. So I took the first crack. And from there, that came out in 2000. And for the last 22 years, we have been studying the human side of life-changing events, life transition events, and integrating what we are learning, uh, always learning, because science is always a few steps ahead of us, uh, always learning about how to help our clients uh, manage and adapt and adjust and avoid making really regrettable decisions during these key events. And it turns out, David, that this is the primary reason people hire financial planners is to prepare for these life-changing events, manage them when they happen, and then adjust to them afterwards. But our financial planning model, and I'm a CFP since the early days, doesn't really follow that. It's, it's a conundrum. It's kind of like not seeing the, the forest through the trees. So I, it was 16 years ago or more now, and maybe 18 years ago, I sold my financial planning practice to work on this um, new area of financial planning uh, full time. And that's what I do. We train in five continents. Mostly um, our advisors are CFP, but not exclusively. Wow. So Susan and Ross, so, I, well, first of all, I need to read that book. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I I think there's a lot of valuable information in there. And, you know, David and I just earlier today were talking about the 
the uh, whiplash than that unexpected life events can can throw you. And I think especially now in COVID, that's probably even more pronounced. But how is it that you and Ross got together to collaborate on this this newest book? Have you worked together in the past? What's the connection between you two? That's Ross's story. <laughs> so I dove into transitions in 2015, and it was based on my personal history and understanding how hard it is to make decisions, not just financial decisions, but any decisions when life happens and you know your plans need to change. And as I dove into transitions, I eventually found the Financial Transitionist Institute, which is Susan Bradley's behind that, and started learning and obtained a designation. I knew I was going to write a book and had an agreement to write a book uh, at least two years, maybe might, might even been three years before Susan and I decided to do it. I knew it had to be on transitions and helping people make decisions. But even though I've been a financial planner for 30 plus years, really understanding how people process transitions in life and what that's like, that takes a lot of expertise that me with my two or three years of intense study, I just wasn't qualified to do that. So I called Susan and, and asked her if she wanted to write a book with me. Uh, it was probably closer to begging because there's no way I would write the book on my own, but she was ready. And I, I knew it had to be a co-author. I didn't want to write a book and say with Susan Bradley, because Frankly, I thought that would have been a little deceptive because I wasn't the expert. I'm not the expert. I don't have decades of studying this day in and day out like Susan does, but I wanted to put it together. So we started collaborating. Uh, sometimes it was exchanging ideas back and forth. Other times it was, I would say to Susan, you talk, I'll type. And I would just start typing as she would talk about what it's like going through the, the transitions and the events that our characters in the book were experiencing. And I think it took about a year and a half. Uh, we, I, I wouldn't say we're total perfectionists, but you realize that the words matter, the stories matter, and financial planners are going to read this book. And we just wanted to make sure that it was approachable and understandable. And uh, after 18 months, we eventually had a finished product that uh, we're, we're pretty excited about. That's fantastic. And, you know, Ross, I want, I want to go to your um, advisory firm for just a little bit. Um, as I always do, I put some time into trying to learn a little bit more about my guests before the show. And I'm always thrilled when I go to an advisor website that speaks directly to the client that they want to serve. And so I'd love to read a statement that I found on the Transitus Wealth page, which was titled, who we serve. And you say, traveling down a new road, question mark, facing a turn of events, we stand by you through it all. And I think that that is so powerful on multiple levels. And I'm hoping that you can tell us a little bit about the engagement that you have because you're seeking those clients that are facing a major transition. And how do those conversations start and how do they continue, Ross? I just had someone this morning say to me that from a financial planning perspective, it's a financial planner that they lead with investments, but eventually they want to get to financial planning. And then he said, and I know you lead with planning, but eventually you talk about investments. And I remember thinking, we actually lead with life happens because when people call us, they're not asking for a financial plan. Uh, that may be the experience of some financial planners. It's not mine. People call us because life happened and they are on a new road 
and either they just experienced a major event or they're about to experience an event. So we walk them through a four-step process. It's very simple. It's four questions. If someone calls in, we ask them, what's going on? How did you get there? What are you thinking? And how are you feeling? And these simple four questions will help us understand the state of mind that this person's in, what's going on around them, the events that led up to it. But most importantly, we ask, what are you thinking and how are you feeling together? And we do that because if we just ask, what are you thinking? They're going to lead with maybe some financial decisions or to-dos that they're facing. But when we attach the, how are you feeling about it? Now they give you the why they're thinking what they're thinking. And that puts us in a position to really help them. And as we write, we'll stand by you through it all. What that really means is transitions are a process. We can't fix it. We can't expedite it. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a medical professional. I don't have specific advice on what you need to do in your daily life. However, I am there to help you make decisions. And just understanding that someone is on their own journey is helpful on our end. And here's just a quick example. I, I remember a, a client who is as sharp as they come, as far as people I work with, a C-suite executive had lost her husband. And within maybe five or six months, I remember a conversation when I said, how's it going today? And she said, it's going okay, which is what many people who are widows would say. And then I paused, waited a few seconds. And after three seconds, she said, it's not getting any easier. And, and I still get choked up when I hear those words because this lady was as put together as on top of life as possible and her world was rattled and it was rough. Now I'll tell you on a positive note, many months later, she was starting to move forward, the healing process, getting out and moving, but not understanding what that was like six months after becoming a widow means I would end up as a financial planner saying something horribly insensitive asking about decisions that need to be made that really weren't that urgent. And it was just because I just didn't know what was going on. So once you learn transitions and you know that our role here is to stand by them through it, it may be a year, it may be three years, it may be five years, but not to rush anything. Just understanding that is so powerful as a financial planner. Well, Laura, I just can't understand this change over my 35 years. I've only tried to start three companies and been laid off twice and fired once and uh, I just don't understand this, Laura. And so um, I'm not sure <laughs> that um, uh, any of our other advisors listening would, would understand either. But um, yes, I can totally understand. As you can imagine, I've had my share and my retirement has actually suffered uh, because of it. And um, it's been always coming back and putting it back together. So I understand huge. And I guess we could all learn a lot more if we gave people a chance to express themselves like I apparently just did. And I can understand the feeling of wanting to move forward quickly when it may not be the right thing to do at all. Susan, what's important for advisors to be thinking about as they're helping their clients navigate through both trauma and euphoria? How should they be thinking about decision-making during these times of transition? David, let's frame my answer um, with the, the the two opposites you mentioned, uh, trauma and euphoria. <clears throat> and both of them are stress events on the body. And um, there is a eustress, good stress and distress. And both of them show up in a way that um, can compromise or it can enhance our decision-making process. 
without knowing how to help clients enhance their decision-making process, frequently they're not making their best choices. And these events are all about making new decisions. Mm. The stakes are usually high. Many of the decisions that people make in these events are not reversible. So one of our tenants is to always give clients room to back up and turn around. So try and avoid those irrevocable kind of things. But sometimes that's not avoidable. Sometimes there's urgency, there's timelines, there's pressures. Some of them are not as as intense as a client is experiencing. Sometimes they are, quite honestly. So the role of a financial planner with clients in transition is to help them make their best possible decisions when they need to be made and avoid the decisions that don't need to be made because given some time, it's very common for us humans to go through a a discovery process and to rethink how we want to be and live and and invest and give and spend and uh, all of that with our finances and with our, our commitments. So decisions shape the next chapter of someone's life. So when Ross was talking about asking the four questions, that gives permission to the client or prospect to tell a bigger story than how much money I have and what my time frame is and what my health is and you know what kind of income do I need, that, that sort of thing. They may be prepared with that. They're probably not used to being asked to tell a bigger story. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? How did you get here? Once you get into that, then you start to get a conversation that's meaningful, both for the advisor, because that's good information that informs your your expertise on the technical side. The next thing is to ask someone, what is it that that you need to protect as you manage putting the pieces back together in your life? Because not all the pieces of a life puzzle fit in this new version after this life uh, disrupting event. Some new pieces need to be created. So there's change. But I want to know, what do you need to protect during that time? What is like almost sacred to you? Could be relationships or health or their business or their home. But you want to know what is so deeply important to a client. And once you know that, then you can go into what we call a decision-free zone, which is asking people to, again, Think through with you all the things that are on their mind, the shoulds, the coulds, the expectations. Just do a download and pay attention. Write down what you're hearing, or usually we do it afterwards. Ask a client if we captured it all. Is that right? And then what we do is we sort and prioritize in three very simple ways of doing this. You need everything to be simple as possible. And the simple ways are divide that that big list that you heard in their story of what they're thinking about and put it into what is urgent, what has a really hard stop, what's the, the timelines, what is urgent and important. It may actually not even be that. It may be having to have conversation with someone within the family so something doesn't start going in the wrong direction. But what is urgent? So that's the now. 
The second category is soon. Those are important, but not urgent. A lot of the planning, decision-making, portfolio shifts, estate planning, all of that is important, but not urgent. And then the third category is later. And those are things that are important, but just can't be addressed until time goes by, more information is needed or other decisions need to be done. So the client gets heard on all three levels, urgent uh, and important, important but not urgent, and later. And then you start to work with the clients on that now list. And as you complete the now list, the soon list moves up. It gives the client a sense of organization, a sense that they, they know everything is going to get done, just not right away. It gives them a calm mind, which increases their focus, their attention span, their problem-solving capacity. It changes the way the brain is functioning from the amygdala to the, the prefrontal cortex, where we do some of our best thinking as humans. So it's a human process. There's a whole technical body of work that everyone listening to this is probably very well trained in. The human part of it helps create a container so that you can work with people in a structured but customized way to get ready to make one great decision at a time. So Susan, what can you kind of quantify the maybe the time frames? Like um, what does urgent look like? Is that this week, this month, next month? And what does soon look like? Just I'm trying to get a sense of the timing and I'm I'm sure it may be different by the client, but in general. Yeah, it is different by the client, Laura, of course. Um, but it, it depends. You might have um, some employee benefits that if you don't apply for them by a certain time, you lose them. That would, that would be um, an outside timeline. Um, there might be something to do with the home. And it may be that you need to make sure that a mortgage payment is, is happening right away from some account. That might be right away like, like that. Um, it could be that there needs to be a family meeting because there's expectations within the family to uh, maybe they all think they're going to receive um, gifts because dad died or grandpa died or something like that. You, you might need to put a stop to that kind of thinking before people make bad decisions. Like I'm going to buy a house and pay it off when I get money from grandpa. Um, so it, it does uh, depend. Um, usually portfolios are not in terrible position so that you have to dive right into the portfolio. Sometimes they are. Um, transferring accounts takes time before you start to manage a portfolio. It's good to get to know the client in the state that they're in now before you start managing. It's not a, a, an algorithm that you're using. It's a human being. One of the reasons I ended up focusing on transitions is I realized as a financial planner that the decisions that people make when life happens and plans change tend to have the biggest impact on their net worth down the road. If I make good decisions when life happens, I get the benefits 20 years from now. If I make decisions I wish I could do over, well, I can't do over. So I may pay for them 20 years down the road. And I certainly came to realize that not only are those the most important decisions, but it's also hardest to make decisions. And David, I appreciate you mentioning that you changed jobs a few times. Mm -hmm. You made some decisions along the way, and you said some of them actually hurt your net worth 
long-term or your retirement. Would you mind sharing a little bit about some of the decisions you made or an experience you had where you know that if you did it differently, it would have worked out better for you? Yeah, there's there's really two in in my life that were, were pretty big. And the first one was around when I tried to start my first company. Uh, I did receive some venture capital funding and that was great. But as I as I realized that the company just, the idea was, was okay. It just wasn't great. And as I was shutting it down, the bills were actually more than the funding had come in. And so I was looking at whether, how do I get the funds to pay this off? And so I actually took from my 401k, took the hit to, and um, it was just not uh, smart because it, it has, I, it has literally been 30 years of trying to play catch up with that. Well, maybe not quite 30, but it, it was a long time trying to play catch up in my retirement account. That was the big one. The other one was my wife and I just decided to purchase a, another home. And so we, we had a, a year of owning two homes because the other home could didn't sell. And so we had two mortgage payments, two, property tax payments, everything for about a year of both owning two homes. And that was a huge hit to savings as well. And both those uh, impacted me now later on in my 50s. Well, I'd say, David, your, your experience is not completely unique. And I appreciate you sharing that because I'm sure, as you know, other people have done the exact same thing. The purchase one home before the other was sold. Mm -hmm or make a decision as you're winding down a business. At the time, you're a smart guy. I'm sure they seemed like reasonable decisions. But regardless of how your portfolios have been invested, my guess is, is those two decisions have had more of an impact on your net worth than what fund you had or what rate of return you had within your portfolios. Definitely. And that is the power of transition planning. It's why Susan and I wrote the book. It's why I think as an industry, instead of thinking we lead with investments, maybe, and go to financial planning or vice versa, why don't we just lead with life and find out what's going on in someone's life right now and how can we help? Help them make the decisions right now that they need to make, put off decisions that don't need to be made right now, and look at the financial plan more as a work in progress where we make decisions along the way, always with an eye towards the future. Because if we can help our people make the right decisions as life happens, it's going to make the biggest difference down the road. Okay, so Ross, when I was preparing for this podcast, I read about your four-step transitus process, which I am sure you're probably using right here as we've talked about it. And I'm hoping you'll share that process with the audience and the success you've seen since you've been using it. And we alluded to it a, a couple times already while we're speaking, but now let's just break it out or we'll break it down with your situation. So let's say you called me one day, David, and you said, well, we're looking at buying another home, but you know, we really have to send a, sell our home first. I would ask you what's going on and you would explain, that's question one, what's going on, what you're looking at with the home. And then I would ask how you got there. And what that usually leads up to is when someone's looking to buy their next home, this, this is a great example, they're excited. There's a reason they want that home. And once I find out the story of what's leading you up to this, this decision of we want to buy another home, I can then ask you questions three and four. What are you thinking 
and how are you feeling? And it's going to be the thoughts and the feelings that are really driving our conversation. And even though the last question, number four is, what are you feeling? It's actually where every decision starts. Our emotions is where everything begins. And if you had called in on that, we would talk through what's going on. How did you get here? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? We would talk through what you're thinking of doing related to that second home. I'm sure you'd be like myself or anybody else. You're going to be excited about that next home. It's an opportunity that we have to get to right now. I'm afraid if we don't buy it, the house won't be there when we need it. So maybe we'll take the risk of not selling our other home first. We could talk through that. Maybe you'd make a different decision on it. Uh, maybe you would at least delay your decision. But that is a prime example where anybody is going to be excited to buy that next home, especially if it's the home you think you're going to be in for a long time or you've been waiting to buy in this neighborhood or in this location. And to just talk through that, maybe you would have made a different decision. Maybe you would have talked about it a little bit longer, but it sounds like that if you would have delayed that decision, because there would be certain risks that after talking about it, you thought, you know what, we're gonna sell our house first that we're in and what happens happens. If you ended up doing that, you may have been in a much better position. I agree. And Ross and Susan, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> you know what, David, that's what certified financial transitioners hear all the time. When someone says, what do you do? And they explain kind of like Ross did in short form or long form. That's what we hear. Where have you been? So Susan, you've, you've been in this for 20 years and I'm sure, you know, over that time, the more you work with clients in transition, the more you learn. And I'm, I'm wondering, are, are have you uncovered some sort of pattern that you see most people fall into? Are, are there different stages of transitions that advisors should be cognizant of that would help them more easily understand how they could best help their clients on the journey to a new normal? Or, you know, how does that impact the planning process? Uh, it's, it's a great question, Laura. Thank you. There are stages to transition. And if you study transitions from a big balcony, transitions in nature, transition in different sciences, in business, in medicine, you'll find that transitions by the, the term imply stages because it's a transit from one state to another state. That's what a transition is. It's a movement. So what does that mean to financial planning is really what we had to figure out. And we had to do that by observation. There really wasn't a model that seemed to fit us as financial planners. So there is a beginning stage of preparation. There's an anticipation of an event. There's an anticipation of an inheritance, a sale of the business, a retirement, a death. And as soon as we humans start to anticipate a change, that starts to influence our thinking and decision-making. So from a financial planner's point of view, you work with people who know that there's something coming. They don't know when, they don't know how much, but it's already influencing maybe how they contribute to their retirement or not. Maybe they expect some, some big uh, windfall event from um, selling their business. So you, you want to pay attention and talk to people about the anticipation, but then it finally it's over and there is an ending stage. That's when there is no going back. We say from the way life was to life, the way life will be. The ending stage is when the divorce has happened, the retirements happen, a death has occurred. It's, it's time to assess, pay attention 
and make one good decision at a time to put life back together. The ending stage lasts about a year, year and a half, maybe two years, depends on complexity. And then it merges into something that we call a passage stage, which is an adaptation or adjustment stage. And that's when the event looks like it's over. And a very common thing for both advisors and clients is to wonder why it's not all together or to all of a sudden have a whole new idea, a whole new direction that someone wants to go in that wasn't part of their financial plan. Sometimes they can go in that new direction, Sometimes they can't. That's why you leave room to back up and turn around. This adjustment or passage stage takes years, not months. So altogether between the ending stage and the passage, it's usually around five years. That doesn't mean that it's drama prone and hair on fire, but there are times when your client is really on it, clear, ready, uh, easy to move forward, and other times when they're just not paying attention to how they're showing up and what they're dealing with and what they're ready for is a very subtle but powerful skill set. By the way, Laura, there is a fourth stage. The passage stage ends and it merges into something we call the new normal. That's when the status quo is reestablished. It's kind of a plateau. It's when a widow no longer identifies herself or himself as a widow. It's when a retiree talks about what they're doing rather than what they used to do. So there is this this new new normal time. And there's really wonderful uh, process that financial planners can bring to all four stages for their clients and adjust to who that client is. But here's the catch. It looks really nice. We have these for um, four stages, you can see that on our website. I, I talk about it in my, my conference talks. I'm happy to share it. And you show it to a client and you say, there are these four stages. It's a process. It'll be okay. But nobody ever does it in exactly the way it's, it's laid out. It's just a model. And what's happening right now is with pandemics, we have the pandemic is a huge global collective transition. And we're not even done with the ending stage of a pandemic. We haven't gone into the adaptive stage. But in that time, people have um, gotten divorced. They've sold businesses. They've retired. They've married. They've had children. All kinds of events are happening. So the way life is right now, Laura, is many of these events are overlapping. So you'll have clients in more than one stage at one time. And it, it, that's not uncommon at all. So the expertise that we had to develop gets a little bit deeper. We have to get better at this every year. That's why we didn't just build it five years ago and say, take this exam and be a certified financial transitionist. It's it's a very different way of learning to be with a client during the most important events of their lives. Well, our time has just flown by. And as we come to a close today, we always like to ask our guests to leave our listeners with some actionable takeaways. Ross and Susan, what are two or three transition takeaways that you think would be the most beneficial for advisors as they work with clients facing this disruption and transition? I'll start with, we can't always control change, but we can shape it. And that's why the name of the book is Shaping Change. So regardless of what is going on around me, 
there is always some level of agency or control I have over what's going on. Um, I may not be able to control things externally, but internally, I can use it to grow, I can shape it, and I can try to come out the other end, the new normal, which may take years, a better person than I am today. I love that, Ross. And Susan, what, what takeaway would you give to an advisor? I would say that it's okay not to know answers. There, the answers to some of the big questions and some of the small questions can't be known when they're first asked. It takes some time. And it's awkward for people that have an expertise and someone's coming and paying for your expertise to say, I don't know. But the real response would be, that's hard to know right now. We'll figure it out together. We will get there. But let's just be okay right now with not knowing. There's a process. We'll follow the process and we'll find the best answer to that question given some time. Well, Ross and Susan, what a real delight to have you both on the podcast today. Thank you so much. If you're an advisor and would like to hear from your clients, where have you been all my life? And learn more about the Sudden Money Institute, you can go to suddenmoney.com. Or if you'd like to know more about Transitus Wealth, you can go to transituswealth.com. That's T-R-A-N-S-I-T-U-S wealth.com. I would also encourage you to go to Amazon like I did and buy their book, Shaping Change by Ross Marino and Susan Bradley. And also please check out our show notes to learn more about and register for Susan's webinar on transitions. If you like this podcast, you may also like the other FlexShares podcast called Funds in Focus. Check it out today and you'll find it wherever you get your podcasts. For myself and Laura Gregg, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.